two, we'll be looking just at two verses here in chapter three, but to see, hear, know, and deliver. That's four words we're going to experience. Hopefully we'll be looking at these a lot, turn, turning quite a bit, but we remember that these first two chapters, it's such a quick story of the first 40 years of Moses' life. He was born, his mother put him in a river, Pharaoh's daughter come down to wash, had compassion on him, hired the first, the first nanny, <laughs> hired, the, hired his own mother to be wet nurse, and then ra- he was raised in Pharaoh's house, 40 years took place. This is the culmination as we go through this book of 430 years that took place in, in Egypt. And so from when we ended Genesis till right now, there's 360-some years or whatever the math is on it until right now, and, and not a word. It's just a vapor, isn't it? Uh, this, this life's a vapor. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, next hour being made faithful to the end. That's my prayer for me and every one of you. Uh, but we ought to lay these things to heart and to us, not to hear through somebody else's ears. We need to hear it. So-and-so don't need saved. I need saved. That's what needs, that's, that's primary. We need to hear it. And I, I really, truly believe this will be a comfort for you. Uh, it's, a, it's a miracle that I don't understand, and I, but I've seen that the preaching of the gospel it comforts the disturbed and it disturbs the comfortable. Isn't that amazing? Like I, I got some hate mail, and then I'll have one of you all come up. So that was that people say you're mean, and then somebody here will say that was the sweetest thing I ever heard. <laughs> but y'all listen to the same message. <laughs> Lord, to give them ears to hear it wherever they are out in the internet world. Uh. Here in uh, Exodus two, verse twenty-three. Lord will, we'll focus on this burning bush next week. But here in verse twenty-three of chapter two, it says, "And it came to pass in the process of time." that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried. They were in bondage and because of that bondage, by the reason of that, they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. He repeats that. I'm in bondage. Well, there's a reason. (laughs) I have a trial. There's a reason. Lord, show me that reason. What'd they do? Cried unto God. Good thing. And God heard their groanings. It wasn't just that they cried and they felt better because they released some energy. He heard them. Don't that give you goosebumps over your whole body? Don't that make me more careful of what I groan about? (laughs) I've I've told these folks a lot. You all can listen. You ever been halfway through praying and you just stop and you go, ah. Thank you, Lord. Your will be done. But he heard them, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. That doesn't mean he said, well, they're so good, and I highly think highly of them. That means he knew them. Uh, he, he was conscious of them. He remembered them. Chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came into the mountain of God to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, 
and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He called him by name. He didn't say whoever just happens to be there listening. <laughs> he called him by name. He said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. That's who was speaking to him. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. The Lord told Moses some things. He spoke to him out of that burning bush. And Moses has a wonderful question. Like I said, we'll look at it next week. How was this bush not consumed? And then when the Lord knew that he looked upon that, he had a word for him. He had a word for him. And I, I thought that two-edged sword that same word that comforts one and disturbs another. There's three words here for the reprobate. And there's four words, three of the same, for the children. Four words for the child of God. When the Lord said, I've seen you, he looks on the heart. It's not just the outside. Like, well, I show up a time on time at church and I don't miss a day and I wear a tie and I do these things and I pray and I read my Bible 15 minutes every day. Isn't God so lucky to have you? He looks on the heart. That's, that ought to make every man, woman, and child walking this earth tremble. And he hears. He hears. He's recorded that of his enemies. He said, I heard you. I heard you. So says you. What, what did Judah say? All of them said, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? And, and, and Judah said, Master, is it I? And he said, you just said it. He hears, not just the hearts, but what actually comes out of her mouth. And he knows. He knows. He, there ain't nothing that escapes him. For, for those outside of Christ, these are, these are facts. Behold your God. Bow to him. Now from that, those are words of comfort to his children. That's what I want to look at. Comfort for his children. You know, everybody wants to be seen. These words are flowing from and every decade. It seems to kind of change, don't I hear you. That's what we said whenever I was growing up. I hear you. People want to be heard, and now it's, I see you. I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> Do I still see you? You cover your eyes. People want to be seen, though, don't they? And they want to be heard, and they want someone to know what they're going through. Language changes, but that's it's been the same throughout time, isn't it? But, you know, we, we really don't see things as they are. We're trapped in this body of flesh. We really don't hear things as they ought to be heard, even if it's a right inflection. I think I offended somebody yesterday, and I was just being kind. I was thankful the guy was there. And I said, I think we need some more adults here, and we could figure this problem out. 
saying collectively we should already had this solved. And I think he took offense to that. He didn't hear it the way I meant it. We don't see things as they truly are. We don't hear things, and we just don't know. You could go through the exact same experience I've been through. We, you can have uh, children learning to drive, or, or I don't know, pick something, uh, the, the flu. And I, say, I, I my instinct is to say, I know what you're going through. I don't. I mean, I kind of understand a little bit, but I don't have the experiences you've had. I don't have the 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 life leading up to that, to have that outlook on that cold or flu or whatever it is. There's one that does. There's one that does. He says in verse 7, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. I've seen, I've seen it. I, I'm, not, I'm not absent from this. I know what's going on. I've looked upon you, my children in Egypt, my people which are down there, and I've looked on your affliction. There's so many times we think we're just suffering alone where people just don't know. I know I just said that. <laughs> we don't, do we? God does. He said, I'm, Lo, I'm with Yahweh. He's with us. He knows. And he's seen these things, hasn't he? Now, did he look down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there's any that understand, any that sought God? He did. And, and all of them was combed back. That's us. They're all together become filthy. There's none that do good. No, not one. But God. He chose a people. And he sees them. And he sees their affliction. Turn over to Psalm 103. There's a, a lot of references we could use to look at this. But some of these are real comforting. I want us to look at them. Psalm 103. Verse 13. Psalm 103, verse 13. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. He knoweth, he always knows it. And he remembers, remembereth continually. He, he sees us as we are. He sees it. And he regards our afflictions. It's not just knowing some facts about us. Turn over to Psalm 106, just a couple pages. Verse 43. Psalm 106, 43. Here's speaking of David's writing about the children of Israel going through the, being brought out of Egypt and being brought through the desert. And it says in verse 43, Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Isn't, isn't that so? The Lord sees everything and, and looks upon us and looks upon our afflictions. And you think we'd, we'd do better. I want to. We'll look at that next hour. I desire to. Uh, I don't want to sin. I don't want to uh, have unbelief. But that, that's what I made. He sees that too. He knows. And, and regardless of that, without that being any cause, for his graciousness, he's gracious. Look at verse 44. Nevertheless, ain't that good news? He regarded their affliction. He saw their affliction when he heard their cry. And he remembered for them his covenant. What if I get knocked in the head and I don't know my name anymore? I, that one fellow started to sing a song and 
Pentecostal Church of West Virginia. It's a wonderful song. They're really good at singing it, but I don't think he knows who he's singing about. <laughs> so he reached down and says, I remember, never will forget the day God saved me. You just might. Lord may take your mind from you. It matters if he's faithful. He says, I'm going to remember for them because I've seen them and they can't remember. <laughs> I remember for them. His covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. That's the magnitude of that. That's all because he saw of our afflictions. He sees our afflictions. Paul wrote about that a lot, didn't he? Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. And those afflictions that we have in this body or mind or in providence, they're hard. They're hard. Especially if it affects us. <laughs> I could see it hard in our brethren. You can too, but it's really hard if it affects us, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. That's what's happening. We're dying. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. There's an old man that we're housed in that's dying and perishing and getting wrinkles and gray hair and slowing down and joints are hurting and everything else. But there's a new man, an inward man, is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And Paul's giving us some insight here. Speaking of those afflictions and speaking of looking at something, on the outward side, this looks bad. Don't we? we can paint this picture. It's like statistics. You can make them numbers say about anything you want. Uh, it's so bad. But the Lord looks on the heart, and we see things that are unseen, the spiritual things. Why? Because the Lord looked on us, and he saw something that wasn't just as it was, a bunch of rebellious people there in the desert in Egypt that he was about to deliver. He saw his son. That's why. And if we see him, the Lord sees our afflictions. He sent them. He sent those afflictions. But we call them light afflictions. Why? Because Christ truly bore our afflictions. The things that are so heavy and so hard, we don't have a clue about God forsaking God about that, that, that cup of wrath, of judgment that he sent for him to drink. We'll look next hour. And the Lord said, can you drink the cup I'm about to drink? And they said, oh, we can't. He said, well, you're going to. <laughs> can, you, can you die the death? Can you go where I'm going to go? And they said, we'll go. And I said, yeah, no, you can't. He said, but I, you will. You will. And these things are light just in the body, isn't it? And, and in those true afflictions, the Father only saw Christ our King as us. And he dealt with him accordingly. And now that we're made his righteousness, he deals with us accordingly. Isn't that something? Judgment's gone. Condemnation's gone. And he sees us. We don't, go look in the mirror. It ain't, that ain't what he sees. He sees us as we truly are. He says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. You know, that's a token. That's just a token. It says in Exodus 12, the blood shall be for you a token. This, this is just to describe what I see because you can't see it through my eyes yet. When I see that token upon the houses where you are 
And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. You ain't going to die when I smite the land of Egypt. He's going to see that blood on us. Our text says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry. They're afflicted. They're in Egypt, and for hundreds of years, they've had it rough, and it keeps getting worse. Real bad. And they don't have a prophet there to preach to them, and, and it's just miserable. Taskmasters over them. And because of that, the Lord said, I've heard them. I've seen them. I've looked on their afflictions, and I've heard their cry. They're back in Psalm 22. David talks about this a lot. I just picked a couple. Psalm 22 was sweet to me. I think it will be for you. <clears throat> verse, verse 22. Psalm 22, 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye, the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye, the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. He heard. The Lord didn't say, this is terrible. He said it. <laughs> and whenever he heard them, they cried out, he heard them. He heard them. What's our response to something like that? Verse 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. We're going to thank him. We're going to, thank, we're going to cry out in desperation like Peter. Save, Lord. And save me. Don't let me drown in this water. David cried out, save, Lord. Nothing's changed in a couple thousand years, has it? Lord, save. Save. And he heard. And then we thank him. <laughs> he heard us. Praise him. Tell somebody what great things the Lord's done for you. What'd he do? Well, he saw me and, and, and heard me. <laughs> it's not complicated. Why are we heard? David said in Psalm 34, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. A-double-L. Well, you, you're, you're still living in a cave, David. Yeah, I'm safe from all my troubles. That's a lot of afflictions. I ain't worried about that cave. I ain't worried about Saul. That's the least of my problems. Lord, save me. He sent his son to die for me. It's fine. You'll be all right. That's what he's saying. Isn't it? How could that be? How could we be heard from a holy God we've offended? Turn over to Hebrews 5. We are heard because our Redeemer was heard and that he feared. Hebrews 5 verse 7. Speaking of our great high priest, and who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save. Unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard. Christ was heard. He said, Father, I'm saying this out loud because I know you hear me always, but I'm saying it out loud so they'll, they'll know I've talked to you and you, what your answer was. But he was heard. Why was he heard? In that, he feared. 
he feared, in that he honored God. We have to be perfectly upright and honoring to the holy God we offended at all times to be heard. Ah, that ain't me. That takes all that faith and the things that we, we'll take pride in anything, won't we? Pride and grace, pride and faith, pride and face and uh, whatever. Well, Lord hears me. He hears, he hears me because of Christ, because of his faithfulness, because of his honoring the Father. Now we can come boldly. It don't make sense. It don't make sense to me. <laughs> Why would he do such a thing? He wanted to. It was his good will and pleasure. And who's going to stay saying, who's going to ask him what he's doing? He sees us in our affliction, and he hears us for Christ's sake, doesn't he? And all that's because we cried out because of our taskmasters. Why did the Lord see and hear Israel? It said, he, he said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. If the Lord didn't send the trial, if he didn't send 430 years of bondage, if he didn't send a cold or whatever, a rebellious neighbor or a something a thorn in the flesh of some kind, if he didn't do those things, I wouldn't cry out to him. I wouldn't. And we'd be so entitled and we'd think everything's okay. That's mankind's problem. They think everything's all right. Oh, I'm good. No, you ain't. <laughs> If we're in him, we are. We need, but we need to be reminded of that, and we ain't going to do that winning the lottery on the trip up to Sacramento to cast a check. Lord has sent these hard times, and it's good. It's for our good. It's for his glory, and, and it ain't just because we're in a cave hiding somewhere. That's so you can go comfort your brethren with the comfort that you've been comforted with. I've been through a trial. It ain't like your trial, but at the end of it, guess what I was taught? I'm nothing, behold your God, and Christ is all, and he's faithful. We're going to learn something on that, some spoke in that wheel <laughs> of him, his person, and his work. We're going to learn something of him. And like I say, I want to get the cliff notes up front. Can I just, can we cut to it? <laughs> that ain't needed, is it? We got to go through it. it. It lasts just as long as the Lord's pleased for it to last to accomplish that end. That's the end state. And whenever I'm breathing okay and I'm not squeezed, I can look at my brethren that's going into something and say, Lord's with you. He hears you. He sees you. He knows you. And then I'll forget whenever a trial comes on to me and some, some one of you all remind me, won't you? By reason of the taskmasters. Whether that's in body or that's in mind or that's in providence. The situations we're going through or, or work or whatever. It doesn't matter what it's in. Paul said in Romans 5, he said, Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. That's an expected end, but to be conformed to the image of Christ. You'll be made just like him, and this is his doing. Oh, keep me, we'll learn next hour too. Shut my mouth. Keep me from belly aching and whining and moaning and complaining about everything going on. You're doing it. You're do I get more mail from elections uh, this last couple of weeks. Every day I'm out there, and they're huge. Them letters, they got that big, and they got to fold them in half, squish them, and get them in there. And I thought, ah, oh, I wish they'd quit, quit doing this. And I thought, I don't have a thing to worry about. I don't need to read it. Lord's handling that, isn't he? 
Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we are yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what we keep being reminded of. He's seen us. He's heard us. Exodus 3 again says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I've seen it. And I've heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I know their sorrows. It's so easy for me to say that when somebody's going through something that I've been similar to say, I know what you're going through. But I don't. I don't. I may have been through something that's so so similar, but I don't know their experience. And this word here, to know, uh, the Hebrew meaning, it, it means to know like we we use to understand and to enter into, right? But there's an added uh, notation to that. It says self. To know self. That means to be personally acquainted with. Not generally. Like, oh, I read a book about that one time. Uh, no. Don't describe the ocean if you ain't never seen it. <laughs> that means that self, personally, I know that there's linked. They're linked together. There's a oneness there of understanding. Now, I can't explain that. But the Lord is immediately and intimately understanding of the affliction to his people, fully, personally. And I thought, well, as he walked this earth, he didn't raise teenagers. Oh, buddy, did he? <laughs> as he dealt with little kids, ornery children. And I thought, well, he hasn't been through that. Well, he hasn't been through this. It, being, being one with his people, personally, he knows I mean, knows. He knows. There's, there's some people meeting together this summer that was in the same unit I was the first deployment I went on 20 years ago. And I can talk about some things to folks here, there, and wherever, but those men, they went through the same thing I went through. They was on the same vehicle as I was. They know, they know what I'm talking There's things I don't have to explain. They just understand. How much more so the Lord, the oneness with his people. He was a, he was a healed leper to fulfill the law. Do you know that? He's got to fulfill every jot and tittle, doesn't he? Well, when did he have leprosy? He healed one with, he touched him. Remember when he touched that one? Don't, you, don't, you don't want to touch them, that's how you get it. He touched him. And he said, now you take him two turtle doves, the offering to Moses, and you go to the temple. Being one with him, Christ in him went and did it, and he fulfilled the law in him. He knows. He knows. Him saying that, that he knows us, that extinguishes all of our self-righteousness. You know, that's self-righteous. That's not humility, and that's not... No one understands what I'm going through. Oh, ain't you special? <laughs> Saul said that, didn't he? And they come to him. He said, oh, no, no, you all don't even care. You don't even know what I'm... I'm the only one that's king here. You don't know how tough it is being king. Lord knows, don't you? You read this with me over Hebrews... I know he's there in Hebrews 5 a second ago. Hebrews 4. So many of these things that we just have... I have memorized, and sometimes I'll turn and read it. I say, what? That, that is what it says. <laughs> Hebrews 4, verse 14. <clears throat> this one that sees us and hears us and knows us. Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. 
For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Talk about an elder brother. Talk about a high priest. Those two little boys say, I can't do it, but my brother can. <laughs> I had big, my brothers were 16 whenever I was born. They, they were supermen, both of them. They were strong. They knew everything. Nothing compared to this one. And all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. What would we do with that? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Because that's what we need, amen? And find grace to help in time of need. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that enough? I wrote that. There's something else. <laughs> Isn't that enough? We see. He sees us. He hears us. He knows us. He knows our frame. And that also means he loves us. If he loves us, everything's fine. Everything is going to be all right. Come Monday, everything is going to be all right. Do you know how it gets better? Back in Exodus 3, verse 7. Exodus 3, 7. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. That's a semicolon. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. This good news does something. Love does something. I say that all the time. <laughs> well, that's those are nice things, and I see you, and I hear you, and I know what you're going through. And he's going to come do it, too. He didn't just talk about getting it done. He got it done. And he come down. Why? To deliver us out of the thing that we were trapped in and we couldn't get out of, and to bring us up out of the land into a good land. Well, if there ain't enough room, ain't a large. <laughs> it's big. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that a good thing? And that's daily, right? As his mercies are new every morning. And that's throughout this life that we go through. And we, we get down and we, we look away from the shepherd and he has to say, follow me. And then we follow a little bit and then we look away and he says, follow me. I'm getting in the next hour. That has to keep happening. But then when that last day comes, to be absent from this body is to be with the Lord. And he's the one that's faithful that's going to bring us out to him. Isn't that good? That's just a few words. He's got a whole lot of more words in there. <laughs> it's a good thing. Let's pray together. We'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, thank you for the words that you've given us and of comfort. Thank you for knowing our frame and hearing anyway because of your son. Thank you for loving us in Christ and him being our great deliverer, the captain of our salvation that will not fail. He shall save his people, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for the grace and mercy towards the undeserving people. 
Lord, forgive us for, for our sin. Forgive us for what we are. Forgive us our unbelief and turn us, Lord. Send the afflictions as you see fit to keep us and to preserve us because we won't preserve ourselves and make us like Christ. Lord, let us see him as he is. Make us like him and keep us as you've promised you will. Thank you for our brethren, Lord, here and, and throughout this world that we know and give us a word of comfort for them and the afflictions that you've seen and the sorrow and as they comfort us. Be with us this coming hour too, Lord. Thank you for this gospel. Because of Christ we ask it. Amen. All right, brethren. We'll meet back up at uh, 1030. We'll take about a 10-minute break.